it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. We are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not leaving the White House today. Jen Psaki circling back to the podium for the final time, and she departs for the greener pocketed pastures of MSNBC. Psaki sucks. Kaylee was so much better. A lot of people feel that way, but while the queen of condescension leaves her throne at the White House, the message remains in place. Blame Trump for everything. Biden reaching back into the ultra MAGA grab bag again yesterday, but Americans, Americans, they are not buying it you gotta do better than that they're not buying baby formula either because it's not on the shelf seriously dude people's babies are starving they're gonna need a little more than you know a couple of maga nicknames to get them through the night biden sucks it is a big day on the show man uh emily campagno fox news legal analyst outnumbered co-host she's in the house uh comedian charles McBee is stopping by to promote his comedy self-defense course for comics on the road this weekend that don't want to get tackled. And we will get a cameo at the end of the show from Lincoln Fala, my son George from Queens, hot off a three-hit night on the ball field last night. He will recap his exploits and let us know how the eighth-grade kids are handling Jen Psaki's departure, assuming he's not done uh, still partying in the champagne room at Flash Dancers over here on 54th Street. And, of course, I'm kidding. Uh, my son is 13. He's not going to flash dancers. He's more of a hustler club guy. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. 888-788-9910 if you want a piece of this thing. You know the rules. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Don't be a That is it. Uh, Big Friday. Happy Friday, you guys. Um, I'm going to be on with Neil Cavuto today at 4.50 p.m. if you care. Uh, and then next week is just bonkers. Uh, I'll be on America's Newsroom Monday morning. Tuesday. Tuesday night. I am doing stand-up comedy. On the Gutfeld Show, I will become the first comic in the history of the show, in the history of the show's new studio, in the history of the channel to do stand-up on live TV here at Fox News. That's quite an honor, man. And uh, again, it's not self-promotion. I already have the gig, okay? I'm saying it uh, because you guys have an unprecedented level of access into my life. I tell you things, uh, and I really try to make you a part of the journey because this is what I wanted. Like when I was a radio listener driving a cab, I used to listen to Don Imus a lot in the morning. They'd have like senators on, and they'd talk about cocktail parties. And I'd be like, wow, I feel like like I'm, I'm inside of this thing. So I'm always trying to take you as far inside you know, my world as I can. You have a you know, one step at a time access all the way up until I'm in a 12 step program, at which point I'll still be willing to share anything you want. Uh, but the point is I will be here. I will be here next week. Jen Psaki. Jen Psaki will not be in the White House. Get her out. Get her out of here. It's a whole to do. She is off to MSNBC. You know the old saying? The old saying, leave it better than you found it? Yeah, Psaki clearly hasn't found it because she lied her face off. I agree with that. I was working on a couple of montages of Psaki's lies over the years that I will bring up later. It sounds like my producer got a little distracted. He's got a nice haircut in there, though, Mikey. Uh, You look good. (laughs) But long story short, uh, Saki 
if you've been following her exploits, and there's one we've been jumping on a lot uh, in the last 24 hours, which was, you know, her claim when she got out there yesterday, you know, this is a MAGA thing, this is a Ukraine thing. And, uh, you know, we played the clips of economists being like, yo, Ukraine has nothing to do with inflation, has nothing to do with baby shortages. Donald Trump has baby formula shortages. Donald Trump has nothing to do with baby formula shortages. And again, you know, we've seen the lies about Hunter's laptop. No, no, it's Russian disinformation. Hey, can we ask why you called Hunter's laptop Russian disinformation now that we know it's not? Uh, Next question. You know, we've seen that before. Hey, Biden said he wanted to. Unite the country. And he just said every Republican's a white supremacist. Uh, Can you explain what? No. Hey, the one we talked about yesterday. How come there are crack pipes? How come there are crack pipes in these safe smoking kits that the White House sent out? And what did Saki say? There's not crack pipes in there. That's a lie. It's a right wing thing. And what did we find out after the fact? All of the safe smoking kits contain crack pipes. Oh, so we're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but the point is, you know, Jen Psaki uh, just lied her face off. And, I, you know, I don't wish her any ill will personally. I met her at a D.C. cocktail party. I was at, you know, the White House Correspondents' Dinner, and she was really nice. She was cool. And I don't show up to these things. I don't consider, like, CNN the enemy. I don't consider the White House the enemy. Okay, we're all Americans. You know, I'm hoping to reach people who don't agree with what I say. And understand that I'm at least bargaining with you in good faith and that I'm not trying to recruit you. I'm not trying to brainwash you. I'm just trying to get everybody to prioritize America. If your priority is America, it's a bigger priority to you than a Republican or the Democratic Party, then I think you're the greatest. I think you're cool. That's what it should be. We should all be playing team ball. We are all teammates, despite the fact that Congress has created such a monstrous divide between us because we turn every single debate into a – You know, it's a death sport. It's the Roman Colosseum now. There's no, like, agree to disagree. It's, well, agree with me or you're a white supremacist. You're a misogynist. You hate people. You know, it's not as simple as, well, I'd do it this way. We don't do that. You know, I tell you this all the time. Whenever you hear, like, America needs to have a conversation. America needs to have a conversation. Uh, The minute you have the conversation and you say, I disagree, they're like, well, your wife's a hoe. And I'm like, what does that have to do with (laughs) policing the border? You know, one of the biggest lies Saki ever told, if you really think about it was border agents. Remember, border agents were whipping migrants. That is a fact check false. You remember that? We all saw the video of the agents whipping the migrants. You're not telling me the truth. Yo, the photographer who shot the video was like, nobody was getting whipped. Those are split rein horses. What are you talking about? But Biden got out there with a straight face and was like, oh, no, no, these people are going to pay. We're going to have an investigation. Do you remember Maxine Waters showed up and started running her mouth? She's worse than Kamala. She really is. But she was like, this takes us back to the days of slavery. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. They've always been willing to tell any lie, no matter what effect it has on society. It's what they do. They don't care that it sets the world on fire because they're not living in that burning world. They're living inside the White House with a security detail where things are wonderful and fine if you say the cops have to go. Not all the cops have to go. Okay, defund the police. They're a bunch of racists. They're a bigger threat to the community than the criminals they swore to protect us against. They ran with that for a while. And what's going on right now? Biden's about to announce more money for the police. That's what he's about to announce. Why? Because after, you know, years and years of Democrats saying police were the devil and we couldn't have them out there, 
they've come to the realization that they're actively harming, not the police, the Democratic Party is actively harming low-income Americans. Okay, the black community bears the brunt of all the defund the police garbage, and Black Lives Matter got rich off their plight, but did they share any money whatsoever with the actual black community? The answer would be no. No, they used it to buy a mansion in Beverly Hills, and now they'll move in and get the cops called on them by all of the white, guilty, liberal elite white women who donated in the first place. <laughs> yeah, 911, I'd like to report a black person in my neighborhood. <laughs> They're like, yeah, ma'am, you donated to the house. Oh, hell no. Oh, man, it's crazy. It's never been a dumber time to be alive. But one of the reasons it's so dumb in Washington right now is Jen Psaki. And I'm not calling her a stupid person but because she's not. She was very condescending and snarky. And, uh, you know, her job is to kind of be a human shield for Biden's chicanery. But Biden's just such an atrocity as a president. He's, you know, so many lies we've been told. Oh, I'm going to govern for all Americans. Unity beats in my soul. But if you don't support my voting rights bill, you're Jim Crow on steroids. You're Jefferson Davis. You're Bull Connor. This is the guy that's going to unify the country. This MAGA crowd is the most extreme political movement in history. Really? Because I feel like the people who were standing in the way of black kids entering white schools, you know, the Klan, you, you eulogized one of them, Biden. I feel like they were a little more extreme than the guys that are putting I did that stickers on gas pumps. But this is what Saki has been a part of through the years is the never ending gaslighting of our country. You know, and again, she could be nice. I wish her no ill will. I understand that shielding for the president is the gig. I enjoyed meeting her. But, you know, the old saying, Giants coach Bill Parcells said all the time, you are what your record says you are. Jen Psaki's record, Jen Psaki's record says she did a lot of lying for the worst president in history. Saki told lies all the time Covered up for hunter's crimes Biden is a man Who's lost all his marbles We know he ain't right And Jen was there to Cover for him every day Make each crisis seem okay She's so dead inside, her soul was so empty, then she realized TV would pay plenty, oh Saki. Well, you came and you lied to our faces, got a giant payday, oh Saki. Well, you covered for Biden's disgraces, now you're going away, oh Saki. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, celebrating Jen Psaki 
on her way out of town. <laughs> I don't know what you'd call it. I don't know that it's quite a celebration. Uh, but as you know, uh, I do have a fondness for White House press secretaries. You've heard Sarah Huckabee Sanders on this show. She's phenomenal. Uh, Kaylee McEnany's a great pal. Uh, I do think I owe her some money for drinks, but that's another story for another time. Uh, look for me to announce some comedy dates in the next coming days so I can pay off that bar tab. Uh, but it's not their day. It is Jen Psaki's day. Uh, and she was at the podium yesterday doing what she does best, which is lying and showing a real indifference, a real indifference to the plight of the American people. In this instance, babies. This is clip six. It does seem like we should have seen this coming, that maybe the FDA could have done more on the baby formula shortage. The whistleblower who used to work at that Sturgis plant warned the FDA top officials uh, about safety concerns in October, but they didn't interview that whistleblower until December. The inspection wasn't until January 31st. The recall happened February 17th. So is that timeline acceptable to the White House? And if not, what is the White House doing to correct that at the FDA? I'm sure there will be plenty of time to take a look at if there are any issues that could have been improved here. I don't have any specific analysis of that at this moment in time. What I will note is that there has been work ongoing on this for months. That's how we increase the uh, the supply uh, and how we're able to, uh, you know, increase the sales based on the month of April overall. You're alive. And again, nothing, not a word for the babies. Yo, babies are starving. There's a formula shortage in the richest country in the world as we're sending formula down to the southern border for migrants entering our country illegally, as we're literally sending formula to Ukraine as part of the aid package, we've got American children who need specific formula because of allergies and nutritional needs that don't have the formula. That's not right. But what's more wrong, Kevin Meany, God, I love and miss Kevin Meany. Uh, that's the voice behind that drop, if you're not familiar with one of the greatest com- comedians who ever lived, Kevin Meany. Uh is that understand she's lying when she talks about, well, you know, we're going to look at it, but, you know, we didn't really know back then. Here's Brian Deese. He's your NEC director. He flat out said we knew there were shortages back in February. So understand, back in February, the White House knew we were dealing with a shortage of baby formula. Back in February. You just heard Saki answer the question of, did they do anything? The answer would be no. So she's lying. But here it is, clip eight. Well, as a as a um, uh, as a parent and with friends and, and colleagues, it was we was aware that that people were starting to have uh, trouble uh, in stores. Uh, but we were aware of this uh, from when uh, the FDA had to take its action back in February uh, with uh, Abbott and with uh, the steps in the Michigan facility. And we have had a team on this uh, from the FDA and in the interagency process since then. And the steps that I mentioned are steps that have been taken over the course of multiple weeks. And we are ramping those up. You suck, you jackass. You hear the D.C. speak because that's why this show kind of works, as I own a politics to English dictionary. We've got a team on it. You know what we have a team on it means? We've got a team on it. You know what that means? It means nothing. These are words that sound good. We've been putting in the work since February. The team has been putting in the work. They've been putting Well, fire the whole team. There's no baby formula. If you've been working on this since February, okay, we're coming up on Memorial Day weekend, and you're telling me there's no baby formula. Yo, here's a message for the whole team. Go home to mommy. Go home. Bye. Go home to mommy. Go home to mommy. Yo, little kids that are home with mommy they in our country don't have food. What the hell? 
hell is the world coming to? Dude, we have, they have turned this country into a laughing stock. And these, you know, this is the only form of lie. Okay, but Jen Psaki, it's funny. Like, Democrats accuse Republicans of exactly what they're doing. You know what I mean? They'd be like, oh, Kaylee's lying. The White House is lying. Yo, Kaylee McEnany, the white, the Trump White House, when it comes to lying, I understand politicians lie. But Kaylee, no, <laughs> I've never heard Kaylee tell a lie. Okay, I've heard her be accused of telling lies because that's the classic Democrat exercise in projection. But listen to this montage and tell me who the liar is. Why weren't President Biden and all members of the Biden family masked at all times on federal lands last night? I think, Steve, he was celebrating. President Biden once said in 1983 he thought court packing was... Time back machine. Oh, yeah. Did I say it's not a political issue? Uh, Yes, you actually said some call it a political issue. It is not. I'm always happy to have this conversation with you, even about your awesome socks you're having on today. Does the White House think that 16 cents off a barbecue has more of an impact on people's lives than gas being a dollar more this time? Uh, this I would say if you year. don't like hot dogs, you may not care of the reduction of costs. You don't have to like hot dogs. You can't buy a but hot dog for 16 I, I, cents. I, I, Why did you guys decide to rebrand the rise in gas prices as the hashtag Putin price hike? I mean, if you want to use that on Fox, I welcome that. But oh, uh, I think it'll get a lot of airtime. Can I provide one other update to you since you asked me about crime yesterday and I have a little more information for you? Um, about crime? My question was about she. Well, you asked me a question about crime yesterday. Okay. So I was going to give you a little a little extra information. I followed up for you, Thank Peter. You. Thank you for that. Uh, we will include that in our I look coverage. forward to seeing it on Fox later today. It's on Fox right now, okay. I think. Okay, I bet it is. Saki, oh my goodness. Just picking on Peter Ducey. Why'd she do that, Jim? The reason being is they, everything the Democrats do, and we're going to get into this a little bit later in this break, is they just want to talk about a bad guy. Do you know the movie Scarface? When Tony Montana gets up, he's like, you need people like me so you can all point your effing finger and say, that's the bad guy. (laughs) That's what they do at the White House. That's why you're getting all this ultra MAGA, mega MAGA, I can't believe it's not MAGA out of Biden's mouth right now because they'd rather say, MAGA's coming to get you. All these white supremacists are coming to get you. And that's what they want you to worry about. They don't want you to, for whatever reason, they think that's going to get you to not focus on the fact that you can't afford gas or goods and your baby doesn't have formula. But MAGA! Yo, when people's babies are starving, you're going to have to do better than nicknames. I admire your honesty. So let's hope uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, who is replacing Jen Psaki, can stay a little bit closer to the strike zone because when it came to Saki's tenure, every pitch she threw was just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Trying to hold this country together. I'm going to be bringing in all kinds of backup today. Emily Campagna will be here, Fox News legal mastermind. Charles McBee, he is the head writer for Charlemagne the God on Comedy Central, uh, the show where Democratic politicians are known to pander to black voters. Hot sauce. Really? Yes. That's where Hillary said she put hot sauce in her purse. 
And Kamala freaked out when Charlemagne asked who was running the country. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha <laughs> McBee here to discuss the ongoing debate about abortion. And I mean, flat out, let's be very fair. Janet Yellen's comments to Tim Scott this week were disgusting. Flat out said to Tim Scott, well, you know, I think abortion, you know, it's just it's good for the workforce. What the hell did you just say? You know, you got these black moms who don't have a lot of money. They're single. You know, it's so much easier to get to work. I mean, why hire a sitter, right? When you can just kill them. Garbage like you just makes me sick. Katie Porter, representative from California. I played you her clip yesterday. Flat out said the same thing. You know, well, I think inflation. I think inflation just proves the need for abortion. I mean, it can be so expensive to feed a kid. So, again, if that's your rationale for why abortion is a thing, let's just bring back firing squads. Why make it open to all ages? You know, it's expensive to raise a kid. Prices have gone up. Uh, You know, kids, mommy doesn't want to work any overtime. Uh, So the good news is you're going on that weekend trip you were hoping for. Uh, The bad news, yeah, you're probably not coming back. Let me play that clip, and then I'm going to get into some Biden stuff. But this is the world. You know how I always say if you want to host talk radio in 2022, you got to be a mutter. you got to be willing to run on a sloppy track every day because it's always a mess. Has it ever been messier? Then the debate surrounding this SCOTUS leak that the Democrats have tried to weaponize and turn into a what, you know? Oh, you hate women. <laughs> Listen to Katie Porter. This is clip 31. The fact that things like inflation can happen and it can become more expensive to feed your kids and to fuel your car um, is exactly why people need to be able to be in charge of how many mouths they're going to have to feed. So I think the fact that we're seeing this jump in expenses, um, that we're seeing people having to pay more in the grocery store, pay more at the pump, pay more for housing, is a reason that people are saying, I need to be able to make my own decisions about when and if to start a family. So I don't think we're going to see them. I don't think it's like about comparing them or contrasting them, I think they reinforce for people just how big of a responsibility it is to take care of a family. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. Really? You know, what a big, big responsibility it is to take care of a family. You know how the Democrats are always trying to use the crisis to push their agenda? Oh, gas is expensive. Buy an electric car. Gas is so expensive. You don't have the five bucks a gallon. You don't have the actual five thirty-five a gallon that Jimmy Fallon paid today to fill up his Bronco. You don't have that five thirty-five a gallon. So what you need to do is go lay out fifty-six thousand dollars for an electric car. That's stupid. Use your common sense. But again, they're always the pain is the point. They're always trying to use your suffering to push their agenda. Oh, inflation's at a forty-year high. But look at it on the bright side. If we keep abortion, you don't have so many mouths to feed. Yo, really think about that. Really think about that. As a guy who, I mean, yo, busted his ass to feed a family. Because why? I prioritize life. I realize how lucky I am to have a pregnant wife. A gift from God. Life. I promise you, if you die tomorrow, you're going to think life is more important than bills. You are. And anyone who doesn't is a sociopath, is an out-and-out crazy person if you think the bills are more important than the life of a child he's a lousy dad but he's right but this is what we're living in right now whenever you watch somebody spiral okay i have spiraled i tell you this every day 
I'm a mess, man. My like my 20s were a mess. I was doing stand up. I was going to casinos five nights a week after the shows. You know, I wasn't like an alcoholic or anything like that, but I was I was a mess in the sense that like I was gambling like a wild man. Okay, I wasn't sleeping. I was partying. I really was. It was like a lot of women, a lot of crazy, you know, a lot of fast women. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. And, and I'm not telling you I didn't have a good time, but the point is I was spiraling. You know, one bad idea led to another bad idea. You know, hey, it's 2 in the morning. I feel like gambling. Let's drive to the casino. Not the best idea. But now you're down there having free drinks, and you're like, hey, these strippers just got off duty. Let's let's go hang out with them. Again, not always the best idea. And then you're like, oh, we had such a nice time. Let's take them home to meet my mom. And I'm not kidding. The, the women that have met my mom before the patron Saint Jenny Fela came along, my God, do I owe that woman an apology. I owe her actual motherly reparations for, for some of the women that have been in my house. And the rest, I assume, are very good people. But the point is, okay, I have been a mess. And I know that when you're a mess and when you're unsure of yourself and you're inside out, you feel like you can't get anything right, it gets compounded because you start making one bad decision after another. This administration right now is in a spiral. They're in a spiral, dude. I want you to understand this. Last week when they leaked that SCOTUS draft memo, okay, make no mistake about it. This is a left-wing activist that wants to pressure the judges. How can I make that audacious claim? Because they're all protesting outside the judges' houses. Okay, they're there to picket and protest and pressure conservative justices. Okay, they leaked this memo thinking this could be the answer. They tried the Putin's price hike thing, still no no help with the poll numbers. They tried the, you know, vote for our uh, vote for our agenda or you're a white supremacist thing. This MAGA crowd's the most white supremacist crowd in history, didn't move the poll numbers. So now they're back, okay, in a mode of desperation. They're spiraling, okay? The border the border has led to a all-time high in fentanyl overdose poisoning deaths. 107,000 people died taking recreational drugs this year. People who, again, should not be dead. They didn't take the kind of drugs. They didn't have the kind of night where they died. But, you know, the guys at the funeral were like, dude, I mean, it sucks that he's dead, but you should have hung out, man. Oh, there was a three-day bender. It was crazy. No, no. These are people whose opening act, Dead. Okay, that's not supposed to happen. And I'm not out here pushing drug use, but I am out here pushing a cleaner (laughs) supply of drugs. If you're going to let drugs flow into our country illegally, at least try to regulate the flow of what's coming in. But they're not doing that. So you understand Biden's in a spiral, one bad decision after another. The border's out of control. Okay, we're at a 40 year high in inflation. Okay, we are at a point where we're out of baby formula. In major markets around the country, there are only eight, only eight right now that have everything that's needed for parents. Eight. Okay, we've got this war over in Ukraine that they're blaming everything on. Yet they're not doing anything to end the war. Well, this war, that's what's driving up all the prices. That's why we're broke. That's why we have so much inflation. So what we're going to do is send another 40 billion to keep the war going. Yo, by your own definition, that means more war, more inflation. And yes, More government spending, which comes out of your pocket. Just hold on to your pocketbook. They just put a lien on your money, your savings, and your retirement. It's disgusting. But I want you to understand, but they are in a spiral. They can't get anything right. So this latest decision they made, oh, we're just going to start calling things MAGA. 
That's what we're going to do. And this is what Saki is leaving the White House with. MAGA, 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 MAGA. People don't care. In fact, it's backfiring because people that are getting called ultra MAGA love it. You want to know why? Because for all the racial connotations the Democrats think they're stirring up by saying the word MAGA, Okay, the people who were alive for Donald Trump's presidency that are being honest with themselves know we didn't have an inflation problem. We didn't have a border problem. We didn't have a crime problem. We weren't a laughing stock on the world stage. And oh, by the way, the babies, they had plenty of food in their little tummies. But now, yo, I mean, this is disgusting. We have a shortage of baby formula in this country. And the White House solution is to do what? Yell MAGA. Yeah. Take it away, Jen Psaki, clip two. A lot of these policies that the ultra MAGA wing, the MAGA king, all the different terminology where uh, the president's using out there is not aligned with their, where the vast majority of the public is. And elected officials should be doing what the vast majority of the public wants them to do. That was embarrassing. Oh, the MAGA policies don't align for the vast majority of the public. Yeah, no, that's the problem. The, the vast majority of the public, they didn't like getting that tax cut. They didn't like uh, historically black colleges and universities getting their highest recurring funding endowment ever. They didn't like, okay, the vast majority of the public that over 250,000 nonviolent black drug offenders were let out of prison after being sentenced under the overzealous guidelines of the 1994 Joe Biden crime bill. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? Yo, she is lying. She is lying her ass off. Okay, that claim is as real as the color of her hair. Okay, give me a break, man. But let's let's keep going because Biden's doing the same thing. They're spiraling. And their answers when you're spiraling. Remember when I told you one bad decision leads to another? Okay, they made a bad decision on the border. We'll repeal all of Trump's border policies just because we called border policing racist. So let's just repeal the policies just because now we got a bad situation. Hey, we're going to kill the Keystone Energy Pipeline just because they had it in there. Trump liked it just because. I mean, that's what they're doing. And one bad decision has led to another. Hey, the Republicans, they didn't want to spend another $2 trillion in stimulus if the money had nothing to do with stimulus. But we're going to pass it just because. And what did the federal, uh, you know, the San Francisco Fed tell us? That Biden's 1.9 infrastructure bill is the actual root cause of inflation. But again, one decision uh, and bad decision leads to another. So it was, you know, Georgia voting rights bill makes you Jim Crow. That was a bad decision. Pulling the troops out of Afghanistan ahead of the civilians. That was a bad decision. Trying to tell the American people it was a success after thousands of Americans got stranded behind enemy lines. Thirteen service members died. And the terror group we went there to defeat watched us leave with them in charge of the government in possession of $80 billion worth of our weapons. This could be a problem. It's a big problem. And you understand, one bad decision led to another. But here's Biden again at, you know, bad decision number 427, trying to pivot and start yelling and screaming about MAGA. Yo, MAGA's not in charge. MAGA's not on the ballot right now. Yelling MAGA. You know, they say, like, hope is not a strategy. Yelling MAGA is not a strategy for people suffering in real time. Here it is, clip five. Remember those long lines you'd see in the television? People lining up in all kinds of vehicles just to get a box of food in their trunk. How quickly we forget 
People were hurting. And what did the MAGA crowd want to do? Forget it. <laughs> what a loser. Wait, what? All right, so long lines, people waiting to get a box of food. That's what he wants you to think about. I don't even know what he's referencing. The long lines were in, in response to drive-in COVID tests, if we're being honest. So that's a lie. But stick with me because he wants you to remember when there were long lines to get a box of food, meaning you got a box of food. He wants you to remember the time you had to wait in line to get that box of food and forget the time where there's no line and there's no box of food for a baby. Garbage like you just makes me sick. Yo, again, man, I'm the nicest guy. I'm the nicest guy on the radio. This is not a serious show. We take the issue seriously. We don't take ourselves seriously. Listen to me. Put it in your face. Put it in your head. Put it somewhere safe. Babies don't have food right now. Babies, little babies, little precious babies don't have food. Why is anyone in Washington talking about anything else until the babies have been fed? The God's honest truth is because they don't care. They don't care, man. They Again, do you remember when inflation was flying in Saki last December? It was like, well, just because people can't afford their Peloton bike. Yo, the, the, the crass indifference to the real-time suffering of Americans, this is unprecedented. Like, politicians never care. They're always more important to themselves than you and me are. We know that. But they at least put on the facade. Like, hey, we're doing everything we can. They're not doing anything. Okay, they're yelling MAGA. This is, again, let me give you more MAGA. How quickly we forget the MAGA people. That's the problem. Just remember, I know it sucks. I know you can't afford goods. There's no gas in the car. You're starving. But the MAGA guys... Be mad at the MAGA guys. Dude, it's embarrassing. We're living in the death of shame. Here's Biden with the MAGA king line. Clip four. My Republican colleagues say these programs to help the working class and middle class people. That's, they say that's why we have inflation. They're dead wrong. Under my predecessor, the great MAGA king, the deficit increased every single year he was president. I mean. You're a bald-faced liar. A Guy's just terrible. I mean, that's 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 the bottom line. It's like Jen Psaki was in Washington to lie on behalf of a liar. And it doesn't matter who comes next. It doesn't matter how many times they scream and yell MAGA. People will still be suffering and Biden will still be lying about it. White House girls send Biden to bed early Because he's really old and he's senile He makes up so much crap the country's worried He's lying like it's going out of style You can't hide Joe Biden's lies For a while they made Saki try I thought by now they'd realize There ain't no way to hide Joe Biden's lies 
You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Big Friday episode of the show. I do want to get to some of your calls. 888-788-9910. Remy, she is out in the Lake of the Ozarks in Missouri. She's batting leadoff on a Friday. Hey, girl. Hi, how are you? Better now, Remy. I love that Ozarks energy. You guys, we, we just we fit together. You had me at hello. <laughs> okay, I want to say something. I am a Democrat, and yes, I voted for Joe Biden. Okay. I still I love you. Were you I think you were I waiting. You, wait, you paused like I was going to scream at you. No, no, keep talking. <laughs> okay. Good. Well, I wish I had listened to you uh, before. I had found this radio station, KRMS, here at the Ozarks. And I had listened to you because you said something that hit home. You said a lot of people didn't like what Trump said or the way he said it. Mm-hmm. That turned me off completely, and I voted with my heart and not my brain. <laughs> um, am I sorry? Yeah. I can't change it, but I can change it for the next election. I had never done that before. I've always voted, even though I'm a registered Democrat, I always voted for whoever I thought was better for our country. Well, that's what we got to get back to doing. And just really quick, because I'm going to lose you to a commercial. Don't feel bad. Uh, At least you have a brain, unlike myself and a lot of the other people who voted for Biden. Remy, you're the best. I'll see you soon, girlfriend. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. We are fired up. It's a big hour. It is an embarrassment of Radio Riches. Here on Fox Across America, Emily Campagno, she's the co-host of Outnumbered. She is a Fox News legal mastermind. Uh, she is also the woman that will be holding Jenny Fela's hair when she gets tanked at happy hour later today. It's a big day for the Fela family here in Manhattan City. Uh, but right now, we're going to begin with some you and me time at 888-788-9910. The rules on this show do not change from hour to hour. The rules in the last hour are the same in this hour. You could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat. Just don't be a... Don't be an Ilhan Omar, actually, would be a good place to start this conversation because we're talking about uh, the abortion debate, which is not a debate at this point. It's, you know, Democrats essentially support abortion up until, like, the third grade now. And if you don't agree with that, you're the extremist. That's what the debate has devolved into. You know, it's, it's been on my mind, man. And I just want to say this. And if this is inappropriate, I don't care, okay? I, this one thing that keeps coming back, okay, is that if Roe versus Wade gets repealed, okay, the Democrats keep telling you, as I've said, oh, this is the end of democracy. You don't understand. This is, they repeal Roe. Democracy's over. No, 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 no. Democracy is just starting. Roe versus Wade was put into law by nine judges, meaning the people, the people didn't get a chance to vote on Roe versus Wade. That's true. That is true. If it goes back to the states, every person in every state will get a chance to vote on abortion. Correct the mundo. So when they say it's the end of democracy, understand that it is the beginning of democracy. Okay, it's the beginning. But that's factual. That's where we are. Okay, yes, there are states with trigger laws and everything in between. And I want to get to that. Because you understand if every state is going to vote on abortion, what does that mean? It means the blue states, they're going to have abortion. Okay, there's no, I can't sugarcoat this for the pro-life listeners in our audience. There's going to be abortion. I think in a perfect world, it's going to be a European style of abortion where it is extremely limited. 
in terms of the amount of weeks it's accessible. Okay, right now we have abortion laws that are on par with North Korea and China, two nations that aren't exactly, you know, the hallmark of good human rights. Okay, understand that. We're only one of eight countries in the world with with abortion laws as extreme as North Korea and China. We are America, you know, the shining city on the hill. We're supposed to be the good guys. We have infanticide on our books right now. And I want you to understand if abortion does get banned in some red states, it doesn't mean you can't get it. It means you might have to go to a blue state. And again, the one thing I keep coming back to in my head is like, I can't, can you imagine having the nerve to complain about having to drive to another state to get an abortion? I'm like, dude, you're literally getting away with murder. The least you can do is pay a couple of tolls. I think he's got a point. Hit up a Bob's Big Boy on the way. Throw the state $14.80 for using the express lane. Get your abortion if that's how it's got to be. I don't agree with it, but that's the world we're living in now, where we've reduced this to an issue of convenience. Oh, you're just trying to control women. You're forcing pregnancy. Did you remember that one? Oh, you're forcing pregnancy. No, you're not. No one's forcing. Forcing pregnancy is like, hey, we made you have sex. Hey, we made you not use birth control. Hey, we made you not use a condom. Hey, we made you not use an IUD. We made you not abstain. We didn't do any of those things. Society didn't do any of those things. Men didn't. The patriarchy didn't. White supremacy didn't. Ultimate MAGA, MAGA Arctic blast. I can't believe it's not MAGA. None of those things made someone get pregnant. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. So we're not having an abortion debate. We're having a do what we want or you're a monster. That's what's going on. Uh, There are so many disgusting comments to play. The Janet Yellen ones we're going to get to with Charles McBee a little bit later in the day. He is, of course, uh, a fan, phenomenal comedian, happens to be a black man who's the head writer for Charlemagne the God on Comedy Central. Great friend of mine. And, uh, you know, he's as well-versed as anybody on the abortion issue And that if we were really being honest about it, Margaret Sanger, who is the founder of Planned Parenthood, the patron saint of the movement, was very open at the time abortion became a thing about using it as a means to control the black population. That's why they're now scrubbing her name off a lot of Planned Parenthood material is because they don't want to be honest about the fact that it was really there as like a form of racist eugenics. And now you're told you're a racist if you don't support the racist eugenics. I mean, it's disgusting. But understand, more black people, more black babies are aborted because of abortion than anything. I live in New York City where more babies are more black babies are aborted each year than are born. That is horrific. You know, unless you think about the fact that some of them might grow up to be Mets fans, in which case maybe we're doing them a favor. But I'm only kidding about that because it's a coping mechanism. This makes me sick. It's disgusting. We're allowed to joke about bad things. You want to know why? Because that's how a lot of us hold it together. And when you start to censor comedy, you're taking away a grievance mechanism from people who actually need it. It's a coping mechanism. But what they want you to believe is just, our oh, words are bad. We're going to get back to killing the babies now. But don't you use those bad words because that's the problem with this abortion debate. It's not the people killing the babies in the third trimester. It's the people using the bad words about it. There's never been a dumber time to be alive. Okay, and I say it all the time in this country. We don't have crime problems. We have stupid problems. We don't have inflation problems. We have stupid problems. We don't have border problems. We have stupid problems. Stupid people have been elected. Stupid people. Like, and I, beyond stupid people, we're talking circus clowns in big shoes. Okay, let me give you one. So this is crazy talk. My goodness gracious. This is Ilhan Omar. Okay. 
you know, defund the police, Ilhan Omar. Marry your brother, Elon Omar. That's, that's a thing. It doesn't make me the bad guy. Again, I'm not the bad guy. I mean, I, I get along with my siblings well, not that well. Uh, but here is Elon Omar, clip 27. It's shocking to me that all of this is being championed, and it's coming from a party that believes in small government, a party that talks about freedom, liberty. And this is the party now that wants to do everything that they can to tell women what decisions they can make about their reproductive rights. They want somebody like Senator Ted Cruz regulating your uterus. They want Senator Chuck Grassley having authority over your body. We have to say no. What would you do with a brain if you had one? That's a great question for Ilan Omar. Just to be clear, Roe versus Wade is what gives the federal government the power over your body. <laughs> Repealing Roe versus Wade means the guys like Ted Cruz and Chuck Grassley don't have any power. It returns to each individual state. It becomes a state's rights issue, at which point the people of the state have the power over what becomes of abortion. Okay, so she's lying her face off. Roe versus Wade minimizes the federal government's presence in your life when it comes to reproductive rights as they're trying to bill it. So it's just a flat-out lie, and there's no world where Ted Cruz is regulating the woman's body. The person regulating the woman's body, no matter how this is phrased, no matter how this is socially pressured, is the woman. Okay, but in cases of rape or incest where the woman really doesn't have a choice, yes, they should have a right to abortion. If they can't get to a morning after pill because of physical circumstances, how do you not have empathy for these women? That's where my head's at on this. Okay, I don't love the idea because I've been lucky enough, I've been blessed by God to actually have a child and hold an innocent child in in my hands and look at it and be like, oh, my God, it blows your mind. Like, it's the only reason I am a halfway decent human being is that we had a baby. Only only reason I was. Oh, my goodness. What a mess. But having a kid and wanting to be and realizing the awesome privilege that it is to have a child and to be tasked with not the not not the you know, not the need to provide the opportunity to provide for a kid being being given the opportunity to, to, to go out into the world and say, I'm going to dedicate my energy to making a halfway decent life for this precious being that is an iPad, you know, a MacBook Air coming right out of the packing peanuts. It's never downloaded a single file. I'm now in charge of its development and well-being in the environment it grows up in, in, you know, the values that it forms, the things that it prioritizes, the goodness it injects into the world. Yo, that's an opportunity. Democrats look at it as a task. Well, it's going to be so inconvenient. Your career. You know, babysitting. I mean, why don't you just kill the thing? I mean, what if you want to go out on a Friday night? You can't find a sitter. That sucks, right? Kill it. I mean, dude, they've reduced human life to nothing. And it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. I'm embarrassed for them. Okay, let me give you another one. This is so ugh, gross. This is the Yellen clip. I'm going to play it again later, but I want you to hear it. This is Yellen talking to the great Tim Scott about the impact of banning abortion, you know, well, you know, if you keep abortion, we're going to have higher labor participation. Listen to this. It's clip 37. Roe v. Wade and access to reproductive health care, including abortion, 
helped lead to increased labor force participation? Just for clarity's sake, did you say that ending the life of a child is good for the labor force participation rate? Uh, it means that children will grow up in poverty yeah. and do do worse themselves. Thank and you. Let me let me is, just claim my time harsh. on the topic. This I, is the truth. I'll just simply say that as a guy raised by a black woman in abject poverty, I'm thankful to be here. <laughs> what Tim Scott's basically saying is, "Girl, please stop talking right now." Yo, again, human life. Tim Scott. You ever read his story? It's one of the most inspiring stories you'll ever read. Tim Scott's grandfather was forced out of school in the third grade to go pick cotton for a sharecropper. His grandfather. Okay, America made so much progress on the issue of race and inclusion that Tim Scott actually became the first black American elected to both houses of Congress. Under Janet Yellen's worldview, Tim Scott never should have been born. Think about that. Well, you know, labor force participation. Think how much easier it would have been for his mom to go to work every day if she just killed the kids. That's their attitude. Life doesn't matter to them. Yo, I'm going to get to your phone calls right on the other side of this break, but I want you to spend the whole time just understanding, okay, we're not the extremists here. The people telling you to kill a baby to end an innocent life because it might interrupt your work schedule, they're the extremists. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. It's America's number one radio lunch date. Get your hands out of my fries. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Buy your own damn fries. It's the morning show that uh, overslept. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Taking it hard over here at Fox Across America. It is Jen Psaki's final day at the White House. Uh, we, of course, win and lose as a family. So I'll get right back into the phones. Hopefully we can get through this together. Uh, we've been talking about the abortion debate. It's bananas. Uh, let's go to Vicki out in Sheridan, Wyoming. Hey, Vicki. Hello, sir. Are you there? Um, I am here, girlfriend. Uh, happy right. to hear from you. Um, I talked to your front man there, and I told him what I wanted to chat about. Mm-hmm was Roe versus Wade. Mm-hmm. Roe was a woman named Norma, and I believe the last name is McChesney. Mm-hmm. She had a sixth grade education. Mm-hmm. Okay, She was a resident of Texas. She was married with mm-hmm. two children mm-hmm. in 1969. The thing that's important here, among other things, is she was the front person 
for Roe versus Wade. She was Roe. Mm-hmm. In 69, when she was pregnant, the court hadn't uh, legitimized abortion until, I believe, 74. Mm-hmm. She went ahead and had that third child, mm-hmm. which she gave up for adoption. Anybody who would like to be, it chilled me to my very marrow. She did, when she died at age 61, and she did a thing called deathbed confession, mm-hmm. which originally was an FX documentary, and it is streaming now on Zulu. Oh, on Hulu, in, yeah. Mm-hmm. In this, in this, she is reflecting on her role in Roe versus Wade. She basically was uh, quaffed and dressed and presented at venues. She said, I was never really allowed to express my own thoughts or opinions. Basically, she was scripted. But the thing that just killed me is she said, when asked, why did you do this? She said, I did it because I was paid. Wow, that is bananas. Out of her mouth. She's sitting there, a 61-year-old woman with an oxygen tube coming out of her nose. She died of cancer. Mm. I did it because I was paid. Yep, it's crazy, uh, Vicky. It's it's the, you know the reality of what's going on right now is I'm not saying it's payment, but political payment, meaning political pressure for votes, is what's driving this debate right now. We're not having a debate over the viability of a fetus and when it should be capped off. We're having just a superficial social pressure screaming match over women and babies and everything in between. Uh, but the constructive conversation that we're trying to have is beyond us. And, you know, to be very clear, the Supreme Court in ruling on Roe versus Wade wasn't ruling on science. They weren't ruling on the viability of a fetus. They were just ruling. OK. <laughs> and when you send it back to the states and we have an informed debate and we make this an issue of science, it's not going to end well for this unlimited abortion on demand crowd. And that's where the Democrats are outraged because they want what they want and they want it immediately. They're children. Uh, But thank you for sharing that tidbit of knowledge. And I think everyone should watch that Hulu documentary because it's fascinating. And it really gives you some insight into how this became a thing and why every legal scholar said it shouldn't have been a thing. Vicky, great call. John is out in Butte, Montana. Yo, John. Hey, brother. How are you doing today? It's Friday. I'm fired up. I've got a little something to do. But, uh, yeah, you holding this country together in Montana, I hope. Man, I, Lord, I'm trying to do something. I ain't real sure what the hell it is, but I'm trying to do something. <laughs> right. That's a start. You just got to start. Could, yeah, give it to me. <laughs> Man, okay. I got a couple of points I want to make to you. Okay. All right. If you look at the average court systems where a woman who is pregnant is assaulted or you know basically is murdered and they find out that she is pregnant with child some places they charge the person accused of it with multiple murders Mm -hmm. okay but now everybody wants to sit back and say oh no we can go ahead and abort a child up to what a week or longer after birth yeah yeah it's infanticide and and nobody wants to say that that's murder. I'm sorry. I am all about no abortions except for two reasons. One under rape and one under incest. Other than that, I'm sorry. If you play the game, you pay the price. There's options out there to stop it beforehand. People need to be smart. Yep. Listen, it's a, it's a great point. I'm going to jump in on you because we're 15 seconds from a commercial break. I think the point you make 
okay, in terms of the hypocrisy of the issue and how it's murder in one case but not in another, you should be writing speeches for Republicans because if they just spoke to that truth, I'm telling you, this debate would go in a totally different direction. Good call, John. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. As you know, Jen Psaki departing the White House today for the final time. A lot of people believe it's because she hung out at a cocktail party with my next guest, (laughs) who joins me in studio now, a survivor of the wildest weekend of my life in Washington, D.C. She's the co-host of Outnumbered, (laughs) Fox News legal mastermind. Emily Campagno in the house. Hey, girl. Yo, if that was the wildest weekend you've ever had, you've led the most boring life. Well, to be clear, it's the wildest weekend I can mention on air. How does that sound? I mean, I took Mikey down to Tampa last week. Wow. Yo, I heard you guys are still on the lamb from the most wanted posters with your two mugs on them down there in Tampa. <laughs> Mikey, he's wanted by multiple agencies. It's not just law enforcement. There's some husbands out there. Exactly. It's a bad situation. That's what I heard. Yeah, let's change the topic fast. I'm uncomfortable. And that's very, very, very rare. Happy Friday to you, my friend. TGIF. It was a great outnumbered. Of course, I'm watching it with the sound off, so it's, you know, it's always better when oh, I actually hear your sad. dumb points. No, you guys are great. Everybody on fire right now. If you notice, like we're all kind of like everybody's jazzed up. I don't know if it's a spring thing or what it is. No, I feel like a cattle prod just like stuck yes! the whole building, like lightning rod or whatever. Like uh-huh. I definitely feel like I'm amped up. That's why I asked you earlier if you were on a pill because you seemed weirdly sedated to me, <laughs> but only because I'm dialed up to like 25 and you're just at normal like 18. And I'm no, like, I'm, why I'm, are you so calm? <laughs> I was actually like thinking. I was like reading something. And she, Emily kicks open our studio door. It's like a normal <laughs> guest. A normal guest comes in. They're like, um, should I sit here? Uh, Mr. Fella. <laughs> When will we be back on the air live? Is it okay if I take a picture? She's like, what the F is the run with you? I'm like, Emily, I'm reading an email. Dude, are you on pills? You're so quiet. I'm like, Emily, I didn't even know you were in the room. People knock before they come in. Think about that, Mikey. The head of Fox News Radio, the head down the hall, John, he's the man. He knocks on the door. He's my boss. He knocks Knocking. on the door before he comes in. Knocking. You come into a radio studio like you're Clint Eastwood and Unforgiven. That's you damn right. You kick open the swinging yeah. doors. The yep. bartender ducks behind the bar. 100%. The piano player starts playing fast and someone gets thrown through the window. That's it's right. It's a western. It's a tornado and the name is Emily. You're welcome. <laughs> Hurricane Emily. Yep. That's really funny. The nice thing is, is the, the winds are strong at first and then it just passes out in your backyard. <laughs> I've seen this storm before. <laughs> I've seen it. It looks deadly, but it ends okay. Um, Answer me this question. This is one debate we had all week. Um, If you're marching outside a Supreme Court justice's house, is that a federal crime? Yes. Okay. It's a federal crime because it's kind of – it's viewed as what? Like an effort to intimidate? Not – well, it's an effort to sway Uh the the judge's deliberation and opinion. So it's an effort to – I guess you could call it intimidate, but it's not used in that same way that, for Mm -hmm. example, witness intimidation or attempted witness intimidation would be used. It's a different statute. Uh, But, yes, it's attempting to affect or alter the course of justice to affect that outcome of that decision. And the reason why, for example, when high-profile cases are going on and people are protesting on the steps of the courthouse and that's okay is because that there's a little bit more removed from that, right? And the statute sort of drills down and talks about where a judge lives mm-hmm. or inhabits or sort of there. It draws that distinction, frankly, between exercising your First Amendment right and 
blomping on someone's lawn while they're cowering inside, fearing for their safety. We know Judge Elena Salas, federal judge out of New Jersey, uh, experienced a horrifying incident just in 2020 where her son was shot dead on her doorstep from someone who got her address. So this is a real threat, and there's a reason why those statutes are in place to protect judges and justice. Wow. So, Mikey, we have another problem then. I'm kidding. We, <laughs> we didn't pressure any judges. Just stop it. Uh, but then, but then it is like it is kind of like a little reckless, though, that when people are, are encouraging them to keep going, even if they're saying be peaceful but keep going, they're they are encouraging the assembly outside of judges' houses. Like that's one of the things Jen Psaki said this week, uh, which means our old drinking buddy is probably on the wrong uh, in the wrong on that one. No. Uh, yes. How did you, yeah. How did you guys discuss this on outnumbered? Well. Here's how I want to discuss it with you. Okay, cool. That I think the dangerous element to this includes in this day and age the amplification, the galvanizing, to your point, of publishing the address and then the calling to arms to go there. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of legality behind whether or not you can even publish an address, right? And Mm -hmm. after that, for example, Judge Sala's situation, uh, she – passed a New Jersey state bill that prevented publication of a judge's address. And then there was a federal analog. But critics of the bill at the time, if you can imagine, said, well, this might prevent the media from calling out, quote, bad actors on the judiciary. And so there's sort of like a a war within the actual publication of that information. But my point is taking it that step further is the social media amplification. And that is where it becomes dangerous. So law aside, like it doesn't matter about whether it's it's publishable or seekable or not. What matters is when you have someone with a big bully pulpit that's putting it out there, amplifying it a million times, and then telling everyone to meet there, right? This is not, yo, meet at the corner with a keg. This is a call to arms of potential violence, and no amount of lukewarm response from former White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki could put out water of those flames, because it was frankly super tepid. Wow. We're talking to Emily Campagno, if you just joined us in studio. I actually agree with you on all of that, so maybe I am on a pill. I'm kidding. (laughs) The Uh, pill of awesome, which is the only thing you need to be around me. Stop it. Yes, if you're on the Emily pill. So let me ask you this. Is it a federal crime to get thrown out of an Oakland Raiders game? Don't you bring up my sister. <laughs> Don't you do that. Emily and I are the working. The answer is no, Stop bro. It. Emily and I are working on uh, something on Instagram uh, that we do together. And we're kind of telling real life stories of people who've been in silly situations. <laughs> and one of the stories she told on a video you will see. <laughs> so I'm not like ta- I'm not telling tales out of school. Yeah. You will all get to see this video on Instagram in the near future. Is you were cheering at a Raiders game and your sister got thrown out of the stadium. It's my favorite thing in the world. I mean, you're, look, that's, an, top o- that's an oversimplification. I'm going to make you feel better, though, and I'm going to top it when you're done. Go ahead. All right. So – As you guys may or may not know, I was an NFL cheerleader, and I cheered for the best team of all time, the Oakland Raiders. And, of course, my family had season tickets. Everyone's awesome. And in one particular game, yes, one of my sisters was thrown out by law enforcement from the game. But the funniest part about it and how it dovetailed in with our story at the time, me and Jimmy's, is that she snuck back in. And that was awesome. So the rest of my family had, like, 20 missed calls, and they were like, where's where's this yeah. one sister been and then cut to she's like hey y'all screaming at the top of her lungs about how she made it back like they, they tried to keep me out but I made it back in to which I replied yo half of the then Oakland Coliseum is literally undercover cops so the next time you get thrown out and sneak back in don't tell anyone <laughs> that's so the key. yo that's so true because you want to hear a funny story the first time myself and my cousin die my cousin Diana got into a bar as underage drinkers the guy took our licenses, said go ahead, and the minute she passed the bar, she high-fived me. 
and he grabbed her by the ear. <laughs> he grabbed her by the ear and yanked her right out of the bar. Oh, <laughs> she was my like, gosh. she goes, yeah, we made it. And I'm like, you idiot. No, nope. It's the dismount that you need to nail. Do you want a, it's so true. Do you want a, an embarrassing uh, public sports story that I was a part of? Yes. This is a great one that shouldn't be told. But I told this in my brother Mike's best man speech. My brother Mike is a, is a national treasure and he's always there for you in a pinch. Uh, none bigger than this one. So back in the pre-smartphone days, no social media yet. You're not checking the internet constantly. You might check the internet once every three days. We're talking like 1999, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, me and my brother and a couple of kids I went to high school with, okay, are going to a day game between the Yankees and the Red Sox. You follow me so far? It's a Thursday afternoon day game. So we get there at 10 in the morning to drink in the parking lot because we're going to a Yankee-Red Sox game. We're excited. Unbeknownst to us, they have moved it to a night game at 7.05. <laughs> None of us have checked the internet. None of us have checked social media. And we're not listening to sports talk radio. We're getting drunk in a parking lot throwing a football. So imagine instead of drinking from 10 to 1 and going to the game, we've now drank from 10 until 7.05 at night. Yes. And we're going to the game. <laughs> like, it's taken a minute to get there because everybody's a little wobbly and mouthy and we've got a lot to say. But we make it into the game. My brother Mike is an actual, you know, eminent caretaker immediately goes to the hot dog stand to get hot dogs and beer because that's what you do. You know, I'll get the first round. You guys go to the seats. I'll meet you up there. What do you want? So Mike gets two styrofoams. He's off, you know, getting two styrofoams worth of beer and hot dogs. So $380 from Mike at the concession stand. We walk up the ramp to our seats. And as we're sitting down at our seats in a legitimate accidental bumping, okay, I spilled a little beer on the guy in front of me who was a Yankee fan. You understand? Yeah. So I, I don't mean to do that. Uh, and I say to him, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Let me buy you a beer. It's not a big deal. Okay, and then my buddy Pat, who's nuts, goes, hey, you can't spill beer on the Yankee fan and not the Red Sox fan. So he dumps a little beer on the Red Sox fan. The Red Sox fan turns around, assumes it's me, and is, like, militant. He's like, yo, dude, you throw another beer at me. I'm going to take it to your effing face. I'm coming to your face. And you know when the whole section thinks there's going to be a fight, they all stand up. Yeah, they and do. security comes over, and they break it up. And the guy's like, all right, calm down, calm down. It's not a thing. And the guy's like, I'm telling you, bro, you don't mess with me. The very next pitch, Mike Stanley on the Red Sox hit a grand slam. He turns around. He's like, yeah, mother, what are you going to do? And I threw a beer right in his face. Yeah, you So did. now listen, this is, I'm not proud of this. Now you got to understand the way it works is in the Yankee Stadium upper deck, every level, every seat, every row is like three feet below the row above it. You understand? So this guy's coming uphill at me now. He's going to fight me. He's coming uphill. So I hit him from above, and he literally – it's not because of any type of Herculean punching power. It's because I'm punching downhill. This dude flew three rows to the bottom (laughs) of the section, and as he's flying three rows, I am being grabbed by cops and security. As my brother Mike makes it up the ramp with his hot dogs and soda (laughs) – I am on the actual jumbotron of Yankee Stadium getting hauled out of the stadium. And they took me downstairs to Yankee Jail. I didn't know this was a thing, but they have a cell underneath Yankee Stadium. And uh, they put me in a holding cell. And a kid I had gone to college with, Chris Cruz, was a clubhouse attendant for the Yankees. And he was the guy who would get things for the players. You need dry cleaning. You need food. I'll go out and get it. They tip you $100. That's what you do. So Chris Cruz was actually running an errand with Nomar Garcia Parra, who was then the Red Sox shortstop. And I, he saw me and he's like, 
Jimmy. And, you know, back then Yankee fans would go, no more, no more. So when they threw me in the jail cell, all of a sudden, no more Garcia Parra walks over in cleats and he's like, Jimmy, looking good. And I'm in Yankee jail and I'm being harassed by the captain of the Boston Red Sox. And I don't know how this works out, but my brother Mike, who had a future in law enforcement, uh, befriended a couple of cops along the way. And by the fourth inning, the cell door just swings open and there's my brother Mike to get me out of the stadium. I still don't know to this day how it was done, but the point is I apologize to your sister for calling her a dirtbag <laughs> for getting thrown out of a Raiders game. That was that, the best story of all time. That's how you, you watch a baseball game. That's how you watch a baseball game. Next time we're together, I will tell you the story of me getting escorted out of the airport, flanked by law enforcement for bringing <laughs> brass knuckles on a plane, To which, for which, to this day, I have a TSA file and a file number. <laughs> Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Stay There's tuned. a cliffhanger if ever there was one. I told you, folks, you've got to take the issues facing this country seriously. Don't take yourself seriously at all. And lead flaw first. People would rather know you're a hot mess than have to sit through this whole pretend, you know, I'm great. You know, that whole thing. There's no hotter mess than the one sitting next to me. I mean, I'm pretty high in temperature, but let's be clear, Emily Campagno. You are a, I call you the human happy hour. That for a reason, you know, it's 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 half a term of endearment. It's half a warning to everybody who comes into contact with you. But God love you. To be clear, there's a big mirror sitting next to Jimmy Fela. So <laughs> to quote the immortal Michael Jackson, look no further, Jimmy Fela, than your own big, fat, wide moon face in the mirror <laughs> when you talk about hot messes. Oh, that's why we love you. OK, a quick break. Be sure to watch Outnumbered Monday through Friday at noon. Always better with the sound off. I kid. Back after this on Fox Across America. Common sense from a not-so-sensible man. It's the compassion. It's the, it's the dignity. It's the wisdom. It's the, it's the horse sense of the guy that gets you. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Busy Friday on the show. Charles McBee's coming up. He's, of course, the head writer for Charlemagne the God on Comedy Central. You're also going to hear from a kid by the name of Lincoln Fallon, fresh off a three-for-three night at the ballpark last night. Uh, The reason I brought that up earlier on the show is Lincoln's never played organized baseball before. He played t-ball with his friends, uh, but then he really wasn't into organized sports. I've told you this before in the past. Something happened in the last year where he suddenly became competitive, and he went from Fortnite to football, and he started lifting weights and listening to the Rocky Four soundtrack, and I don't know which little girl or which little boy caught his eye, but the point is, thank you. Uh, the kid's now in shape. He's a killing machine. He wants to slap box me every time I see him, but last night he got his first, second, and third hits of his organized baseball career. He's never got a hit before. They only had two games this year. The first game he walked twice. Uh, The second game he went three for three, drove in a run, stole a base, got the game ball. And uh, it was really funny for me, one, because I wasn't there. I was on TV like the deadbeat that I am. But two, his first game ball that he got was on a Thursday night game at McLaren Field in Levittown. And oddly enough, in my Fox Across America studio, uh, if you're watching on Fox Nation, the game ball, the very first game ball I ever got as a Little League baseball player, was on May the 10th of 1986. I had gone, it's right here in my studio. I had gone four for five, and I pitched that day and struck out 15 batters, Mikey. How about that? 
Get get. I don't want to hear a word about Otani on the Angels. Four for five, 15 Ks as a fat 10-year-old? That's not nothing, Mikey. But oddly enough, yeah, me and Lincoln game balls on a Thursday night at the same field, uh, you know, several years apart, but still a funny story. So the Link Man will be here to talk about it. Uh, but right now, we're having a grown-up talk about your phone calls. Let's go to Paul in Carson City, Nevada, who survived one of my stand-up shows and is still calling in. That's That's stunning. Yo, Paul. Did we lose you, buddy? Oh, Paul, you're dead to me. All right, I'll see you at the next show. Bo is in Naugatuck, Connecticut. Yo, Bo. Hey. My man. How you doing? Good, buddy. Happy Friday. Go ahead. I'm going to try and push this real quick. First time caller, all that good stuff. Awesome. But uh, I'm going to attempt to go four for four with a walk off uh, (laughs) at the end of it. All right, don't Uh, raise the bar too high. You've heard the show, man. Come on. Continue. Oh, come on now. <laughs> <Continue>. <laughs> anyway, uh, the first thing is, uh, after listening to your music, your show, the whole nine yards, I, I just recently started listening, and I come to the assumption or conclusion, rather, that uh, we were both came up through the age of what I call the age of cool, anywhere between 1955 and, say, mm, 1988, when music and, and, and social stuff was really hot. You yes. Know? So uh, all our bands, they, everyone played an instrument, knew how to write music, knew how to sing. And, and uh, if you were into the temps or anybody else, they all had their good steps. Yes, for Number sure. two, mm-hmm. uh, that being said, I have, you made my bucket list, man. There's no way that I'm freaking checking out uh, without seeing you on stage at some point, either in the city or nearby. That's awesome. Um, very cool. Very mm-hmm. cool. Uh, number three. You alluded earlier to, um, I call him uh, Joe the Chin, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, pretty soon he'll be running around D.C. in his jammies mumbling. <laughs> and, uh... Yo, hold on. <laughs> let me just jump in, Bo. That's hilarious reference. Bo is referencing there was a late-age mobster named Vinny the Chin Giganti who used to wander the Upper West Side of Manhattan in his pajamas. So when you call Biden Joe the Chin, that's a Vincent Giganti reference? Yes. <laughs> a plus. Continue on, sir. So well, you got to have some. You have to have some sort of background in terms of uh, you know how. Where the hell is this guy getting his information or his talking points? So I'm figuring he's going to do the Vinny the Chin thing, wander around his jammies, and uh, take uh, one-on-one meetings with his capos in the administration. So um, and then uh, outside of that, uh, I also think that uh, he's kind of Joe must have spent around. Uh, a little time around Times Square and uh, old uh, three-card Monty uh, cardboard box tables here. So uh, because while he's ranting and raving about the MAGA thing and and, and people pulling up in cars and, you know, waiting hours to throw food in trunks, you see, you have the thing going on with— Oh, it's uh, bad. The baby formula. The inflation. I'm only jumping in because we're going to commercial in 10 seconds. But, Bo, uh, touch them all. Uh, We're getting you a game ball from Levittown Central Little League. This was a home run call. Uh, We'll talk again soon. (laughs) Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. We are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, the most tolerant and inclusive society the world has ever known. That's a true story. We're broadcasting, of course, from the tippy top of Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon fired up. We got a big hour coming by. Charles McBee is in the house, superstar comedian. 
head writer for The God's Honest Truth on Comedy Central. Plus, we will be joined by my son, Lincoln Fela, against my better judgment. Shut your mouth. We'll get into all of that. Of course, you are welcome as well. 888-788-9910. The way this rolls, you know the deal, man. You could be a Republican on this show. Cool, great, woo. You could be a Democrat. Nobody cares. Be whatever you want. It's America. Free-range chickens. E pluribus unum. All we ask is that you don't be a... There it is. Big hour. Happy Friday. I will be appearing with the great Neil Cavuto today at 4.50 on Your World. And then next week is a banger. Monday, we're on America's Newsroom with Bill and Dana. And uh, Tuesday night, that's as far as I'm going to take you into my schedule. But we got some wild stuff going on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Good Lord. Uh, But Tuesday night, this is where I want your attention to be. I will be doing stand-up on The Gutfeld Show. Tuesday night at 11. Stand-up comedy live on national television. What could possibly possibly go wrong that can't be good now i'm gonna be fine and i'm excited to watch it so i hope you all tune in give your radio buddy a ratings bounce but right now it's radio time this is actually the job description on my w2 or 1099 or whatever the hell it is so i assume i should start doing it and stop talking about stand-up gigs uh here's the deal man and i've tried to you know kind of frame this discussion out for the better part of a month now around what the truth is And from there, I said everyone can kind of, you know, decide for themselves. And the issue we're talking about here, no, not talking about the abortion thing we just invested two hours in, but I'm sure we'll get there in this hour. Uh, We are talking about Elon Musk's potential purchase of Twitter and how everybody on the left and everybody in big media is telling us this is some type of white supremacy gambit. This is the death of free speech. The media is a bunch of losers. They really are, because if you remember... What did Elon Musk say? I think free speech is the hallmark of a properly functioning democracy, meaning he wants Republicans and Democrats and everything in between to have the same rights. His actual proposal is, hey, we're going to have less censorship here. OK, that's the act. That's what's on the table. If I buy Twitter, we're going to stop. With the censorship, we're going to stop deplatforming people for tweeting things that go against the grain of the Democratic narrative. And that's why they're mad. They're not mad because this guy grew up in apartheid and wants to bring it back. Yo, he left the country. He didn't like apartheid. He liked leaving it behind. Never mind that he wasn't old enough to actually experience it. The point is they left South Africa. They came here and they made what millions of immigrants have made in this country, which is a life of spectacular prosperity for themselves and their family. That's the whole hook of America. When everybody's telling you it's a big racist, oppressive hellhole, the part they don't tell you is that every minority group in the world is moving here in higher numbers than any other country on the planet. That doesn't mean we're perfect. That means we're better. You know what I'm saying? Correct the mundo. Even the drops are confused. They're like, what do you mean? America's good? You're allowed to say that? I thought we were supposed to be trashing this place. It's like Florida. When I was like, oh, Ron DeSantis. He wants to kill your kids. He hates the gays. Florida has the third biggest gay population in America, the first biggest population of gay married couples. Okay, and more people are moving to Florida than any other state in America. So is Florida really as bad as they're telling it is? The answer would be no. It's all politics. And the thing about politics is politics are about power. They're not about honesty. They're not about prosperity. They're not about making sure people do well. You purport to care about people with no regard for what your faux caring actually does to their community. And if you don't believe me, look up every elected official who said defund the police and let me know how that worked out for the black community. 
Okay, people, this is the thing, people in elected office, they don't care about what toxic effect they have on society. What they care about is how that toxic society votes in the aftermath. When the cameras go home, the stores have been looted, and the buildings have been burnt down. That's what goes on. No different than down in Georgia. Do you remember when they moved the Major League Baseball game out of Georgia? Because they said Georgia's early voting law was racist. It was racist because you needed to show voter ID. And in the worldview of the Democratic Party, black people aren't capable of getting an ID. In the year 2022, where there's not a single solitary human being who is a part of polite society that has that doesn't have an ID. Okay, first of all, you can't get a vaccine without an ID. So is that vaccine suppression? Of course not. These are the lies they're willing to tell. Atlanta has the second biggest black metropolitan area in America, and they took $100 million of commerce out of Atlanta, moved it to Denver, okay, screwed over that black community in the name of helping that black community because asking for voter ID was supposedly Jim Crow on steroids. That is a fact check false. But that didn't stop Joe Biden from saying it, okay? This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in in Georgia. Think about that. Joe Biden lives in Delaware, okay? Delaware, okay, has zero, zero, zero days of early voting. Georgia, you know, Jim Crow on steroids. Georgia is the more enhanced version of a heinous era where black people were denied the right to vote through poll taxes, grandfather clauses, literacy tests, and, yes, physical violence, he wants you to believe the state with 17 days of early voting, extra voting. That's voter suppression. But his state of Delaware that allows no early voting at all, they're completely fine. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. The point I'm trying to make is when it comes to playing the race card in a wantonly disgusting manner, Okay, one political party happens to lead the league. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Which brings me to Elon Musk. Okay, the reaction to Elon Musk buying Twitter has been what? Oh, it's white supremacy. You don't understand what's going on here. Yo, Elon Musk is a Democrat. He's just one of the rarest of the rare in that he is a sane Democrat. He wants a Twitter where you can tweet the biological truth that there are differences between men and women. Boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. But do you understand, people were kicked off of Twitter for tweeting that. The Babylon Bee was thrown off of Twitter for saying there were biological differences between men and women. Everything that's labeled as disinformation, when the Democrats label something as disinformation, that's how they're spreading disinformation. Hunter Biden's laptop. You can't share it on Twitter. That's Russian disinformation. You can't, you know, you can't share it. We're just looking out for you here, brother. Democrats are so full of crap. They really are, because the second the election was over, and never mind that the director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe, and the FBI both verified the legitimacy of Hunter Biden's laptop in October of 2020, understand that every newspaper, the New York Times, the Washington Post, that wrote these these lengthy diatribes about why they weren't covering the story. The minute the election was over, what did they tell you? Oh, by the way, it turned out to be true. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. So you understand, like, this whole disinformation board, the disinformation board that the White House is forming with the little singing Mary Poppins lunatic chick, okay, understand that that disinformation board is being formed so they can spread disinformation because they no longer have Twitter at their disposal. Understand. 
what Twitter was classifying as disinformation in the last year and a half. Hunter Biden can't share it. It's disinformation. Oh, it turned out to be true. Can't say COVID originated in a lab. We'll kick you off. What did they do six months later? They let you back on because they were like, oh, actually. You know, can't say vaccinated people getting spread COVID. Do you remember the day I was doing the show in Dubois, Pennsylvania? We got a giant donut from Scotty's, like the biggest donut I've ever seen. It actually came with a guy who would saw off your foot when the diabetes kicked in. It was that big, but it was glorious. But you remember that specific day? We were doing the show at Connect FM with my man, Jane Philippone, and the gang. Brittany Madeira, who's off in the woods now doing God knows what, but God love her, I miss her. Um, We were there doing the show on the day people were getting kicked off Twitter for saying that vaccinated people get and spread COVID. Now, the reason it was noteworthy is because that day the Chicago Bulls had to cancel a week's worth of games because their entire mandatory team that was vaccinated had all gotten COVID. Oh, wow. Dude, I'm telling you, there's a sick thing going on in this country. It's been going on since the beginning of time and that politicians just want power. And a lot of them are willing to say anything to get it. But social media has increased the footprint. It has made the news cycle. It has made political discourse so omnipotent in our lives that it now engulfs people in a way that is legitimately like very unhealthy, very, very unhealthy. It used to be we always had political disagreements. And to be clear, we're fighting over the same issues now we were then with the border, abortion, you know, crime, the death penalty, stuff like that, foreign policy, all the same issues. We're just fighting about them 24 hours a day now. Like people say, oh, Americans can't coexist anymore. Sure they can. They're just being asked to coexist too much. Okay, when you back in the day disagreed with someone politically, you went home from work, you went home from the family party, you didn't see him again for a day or a week or a month or whatever the hell it was. Now you disagree with somebody, you don't walk away. They're just living in your pocket. They're living in your hand. Every time you open up your phone, you're being confronted by that disagreement. Gee, I wonder if prodding people with 24-hour-a-day conflict made the national mood a little dicey. I mean, that's what we're living in now. It's a giant Real Housewives episode. The only difference is we're not throwing wine because we all need the booze too much. So when Elon Musk says, hey, I'm going to bring back free speech and honest conversation to Twitter, what he's saying is let the market sort out accuracy. The market will prioritize accuracy. And this understanding, this is what you need to know in terms of how that lowers the temperature is that rather than the government taking sides, rather than the big tech oligarchs being the arbiters, the gatekeepers of speech, okay, we will do what this whole country was founded on, which is allowing people to think for themselves. Freedom! Okay, understand what a dripping condescension you have to have to say, oh, the public shouldn't be allowed to think for themselves. They're too stupid. We've got to label misinformation. We've got to check stuff. We've got to weigh in on behalf of our party and make sure this is accurate. Understand, they're only doing that to control narratives. Think of a misinformation board as instant replay in the NFL. What is the job of instant replay in the NFL? You watch a play, and then you review it and decide how to rule. The difference here is there's only going to be one NFL team that controls all of the reviews. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that team is going to find a way to call things in their favor. And you'd have to be a complete idiot not to think so. And you don't have to take my word for it. Again, just look at what's been banned from social media in the last two years. Everything you're not allowed to say. Everything you're not allowed to say turned out to be true. I admire your honesty. Okay, everything. Nah, COVID... 
you know, originally in a lab. Hey, get him out of here. That's crazy. Vaccinated people get COVID. What are you talking about? Hunter Biden's laptop's real. Who let Putin Jr. in the room? This is crazy. It's all true. And that's why I'm telling you this Elon Musk thing has gotten so toxic. Here's Jimmy Kimmel, former comedian uh, turned political activist. He's threatened by the idea that Trump's going to get back on Twitter. Now, the truth is, I want you to know this. I don't want Donald Trump back on Twitter. Donald Trump should not get back on Twitter. Because Donald Trump getting back onto Twitter makes every conversation in our news cycle right now about what fat pig or what name he called some actress this week. Bingo. Okay, Donald Trump does not have the emotional discipline to be on Twitter at a time when the country is hanging in the balance of 40-year inflation highs, okay, of all-time high in fentanyl overdose deaths as a 32% national spike in murders that's even higher in the black community. We have a shortage of baby formula. Babies aren't eating in the richest country in the world. The Democrats would love, oh my God, they would love Donald Trump on Twitter because then every news channel in America goes back to covering Donald Trump instead of the mess they've made. He knows what he's talking about. But Jimmy Kimmel, who is a guy who is forced into left-wing activism, why? Because he has 10 years worth of sketches where he was wearing blackface on The Man Show. And he knows the minute he takes an objective position, the mob comes up and goes, hey, who let Racy McRaceface in here? Fire him immediately. That's also why every Jimmy Fallon episode now looks like a hostage situation. They can't take positions. I don't think they should take positions, to be honest with you. I think they should be comedians and give the country an escape from their daily torments. That's what late night always was. But now late night has turned into a hostage situation. Because we've got guys like Jimmy Kimmel who are run afoul of the mob in the past, so their only way to keep themselves in good standing is to keep haranguing anything that happens on the Republican side of the aisle. Here is Kimmel pandering to the moon and back, clip 42. Elon Musk says that if his deal to buy Twitter goes through, he will reverse the ban on our infant former President Donald Trump. Musk said banning Trump from Twitter was a morally bad decision to be clear and foolish in the extreme. Oh, good, we have the part-time DJ who makes flamethrowers and cars that fart in charge of morality now. The guy who named his kids Roman numeral rules will make sure they don't do anything foolish. That was embarrassing. Do you see what's going on here? Okay, now Elon Musk, who understand has been on these shows. Elon, understand, everybody freaking out about Elon Musk buying Twitter owns a Tesla. They loved Elon Musk. He was their Twitter, their hero. He was their hero, the biggest electric car manufacturer in the world. What are they telling us right now in the face of $5.35 gas, where I filled up the Bronco this morning? Oh, if gas is bothering you, buy an electric car. Hey, who are you buying the electric car off, by the way? Oh, Elon Musk, you don't say. I think he's got a point. Dude, they're all full of it. That's the point. Elon Musk was the greatest guy in the world until he wasn't. Why? Because they are transactional children. They want what they want. They're willing to break stuff in the house if it means getting their way. The difference in what direction we go in as a society is are you going to reward the spoiled kid and the bratty behavior or are you finally going to use your free speech rights to tell each and every one of these brats to shut the f*** up back after this. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's America's Life Coach, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Saki told lies all the time, covered up for hunter's crimes. Biden 
is a man who's lost all his marbles. We know he ain't right. And Jen was there to cover for him every day. Make each crisis seem okay. She's so dead inside. Her soul was so empty. Then she realized TV would pay plenty. Osaki. Well, you came and you lied to our faces. Got a giant payday, Osaki. Well, you covered for Biden's disgraces. Now you're going away, Osaki. Oh, there she goes. Jen Psaki leaving the White House. I believe we have a quick clip from her final briefing. Is that true? People always ask me, and I'm sure you guys get asked this too, about whether Washington is rotten, you know, whether everybody is corrupt here and, you know, nothing good happens and we all just argue with each other. And I, having done this job, believe the absolute opposite is true because I have worked with and engaged with all of these incredible people across the administration and this amazing team, many of whom are here that I get to work with every day. Um, and I, as I said about Kareen last week, um, these people are already the stars of the team, but they're going to be shining stars in the future, and I'll miss them a lot. Okay. Whew. Get her out. Get her out of here. So that is Saki getting a little emotional about the fact that she will no longer be able to lie to you from behind the White House press podium. But there's good news in a couple of weeks. She'll be lying to you on MSNBC. Man, that's going to be a wild time, ain't it? Uh, Saki gone but not forgotten. We will discuss it with Charles McBee. We will discuss it with Lincoln Fela, who's already weighed in on the show multiple times in the past. Saki sucks. Kaylee was so much better. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. One of the biggest conversations in the Fallon house last night was that the NFL has released its 2022 football schedule. That came out yesterday. And this next guest is perfect. He's an expert on people getting tackled because he's a stand-up comedian. Uh, Charles McBee is here. What's going on, my friend? Have you been beaten since we last spoke? <laughs> uh, I mean by fans. I don't mean the things you pay for on Craigslist. I was about to say, because there's a fine distinction. I don't know if you want me to bring this stuff up on, <laughs> on family radio. But uh, no, I haven't been beaten. Uh, the only times I've been beaten is when I've paid for it in, uh, you know, <laughs> in Hell's Kitchen. So that's pretty much it. You were the guy watching the Chappelle video being like, wow, he, he, I could have saved $500. <laughs> I could have saved so much money. What, this is my theory. I've had to talk about this on TV a lot. Uh, I actually don't, you know, because people are like, well, is, is it the cancel culture? Is it like people getting offended by jokes? I don't think it's any of that. I actually think people uh, attack a comedian, like a high-profile comedian, just because notoriety. You get, like, some fame out of it. I mean, you if you've uh, – I'm a fan of uh, festivals, concerts, stuff like that. So, like, at shows, mm-hmm. um, you know, even some rap shows, mo- a lot of hip-hop shows, like fans nowadays, they'll – they're throwing bottles yeah. at the at the artists on stage. I'm like, you paid to see this guy. 
<laughs> Why are you attacking them? Like with... it's the Blues Brothers. Yeah, with the yeah, chicken it... wire in front of the stage. Exactly. Except you know the good old boys. Exactly. <laughs> you well, wanted to well, see the good old boys. You wanted to see them. Why are you doing this? So, yeah, it's weird. It's just it's, it hasn't happened in comedy, mm-hmm. but now it's kind of bleeding over into that. So yeah, yeah. it's weird. It's a weird time. Well, it's funny because I was at the Tampa Improv last Thursday. They had a bouncer on either side of the stage. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't want to say it out loud to the guy, but I'm like, yo, uh, I'm a Fox News radio host. Like, I'm good. My whole audience is armed. I'm like, it's cool. <laughs> like, this guy charges, the, whoever charges the stage has got big problems. We're also very spoiled, you and I, because uh-huh. we came up through the Mazzilli system mm-hmm. at Gotham Comedy That's Club. That's true. The Gotham Comedy Club in New York City, mm-hmm. one of the best clubs. Uh, their security yeah. <laughs> is all former cops yeah. who are itching to mm-hmm. throw someone's head through they're, a wall. They're hoping someone charges the stage. <laughs> Please charge the stage. And then they have one guy, uh, the late great Lou Talano. His yes. job was to sleep on a stool in yes. the side of the room. <laughs> There's a uh, the late great Lou Talano is also a retired NYPD superstar. And he was just a beloved figure at the Gotham Comedy Club. But you get there like eight o'clock for Saturday night shows, actually sleeping on a stool. <laughs> but when he was awake, he talked to you about the Yankees or anything you wanted, and God love him. But the truth is, it's true. Guys who broke in at Gotham, uh, there was not you never had a heckler like a heckler might heckle you one line, yeah. but you did, they didn't get a second line off before they were apprehended or dealt with or and, grabbed. And then their families like calling the club, like, "Have you seen Larry? We yeah. haven't seen him for weeks." <laughs> then, <laughs> then you go uptown to the comic strip, and the bouncer is heckling you. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, exactly. This guy sucks. <laughs> Actually, had to fight a bouncer at the comic strip. He tackled me on stage. I'm like, "Yo, Jr., can you help me out here?" <laughs> Totally different world. Charles McBee is in studio. Yeah, you play the teams on the schedules in sports. We have played uh, in some of the roughest divisions out there. That's a lot true. of opium dens on the Lower East Side and anything in between. But what I think this this whole thing about, oh, we're attacking the comics. They always say, like, oh, now everybody's got to worry. I actually don't think they do. I think big-name comics need security. I don't Because th- I don't think there's any relevance in attacking somebody who's not relevant. Right. Does that make sense? It, it's true, but I it's weird. It's weird uh-huh. because I have seen and there are videos online where you see no-name comedians who went in on whatever joke or whatever something got triggered uh-huh. and some drunk is usually a drunk guy. Yeah, yeah. Some drunk audience member hops on stage. There was one show. A mm-hmm. uh, comic, I won't say a friend of mine, but a comic that I knew from back in the day. Literally someone shot up the club. Oh, this was in Jersey. So, I mean, go figure. Uh, That's a Tuesday. But (laughs) (laughs) literally somebody made a joke about somebody's girlfriend. I don't know what the case came back in and shot a gun in the comedy club. Yeah. This is like white men can't jump. When the guy loses, they're like, where are you going, Raymond? Go to the car. Get my other gun. (laughs) I'll be back. Shoot everybody. Yeah, it's it's wild. So I've... But these were, it never made it to mainstream. This Mm -hmm. was always like, wait, what club was this? Now it's like at the Hollywood Bowl, and you're like, all right, what's what's going on here? Well, the Hollywood Bowl security, just to be clear, not the best. Same security that did Travis Scott. If I'm in, not, in Astroworld. I read that. Is if that I'm true? I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Listen, you're talking to me here. I probably <laughs> I saw it written on a bathroom stall somewhere. He's a, so he's a head writer for a comedy show. Yeah. We, can't, we can't report all of this stuff as is. <laughs> but, I, but I did read that. I, I did, read the same. Yeah. So, I mean, you know. Well, listen. Of course, if you are not a comedian but you'd still like to get punched in public, bring up abortion. Uh, anywhere in America right now, you're gonna get you're gonna get clobbered. I'm of two minds. I've been talking about this for two days, McBee. I don't like the idea that people are marching outside of justices' homes, but in watching some of these videos, a lot of these people do need the exercise. So I don't want <laughs> I don't want to deny them the steps on the Fitbit. Uh, but it's thrilled. But this is what I wanted to ask you with the abort, abortion debate raging right now. 
How thrilled is your sister Stephanie McBee? Oh Jesus! To Christ. not be where working at the View anymore. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know where this was going. <laughs> All right, this part's awkward for me. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it's a good week not to work at the View. I honestly, and I say this every single time, mm-hmm. uh, she has nothing but amazing things to say about her time working. Folks, at the he's View. reading this off an index card. It's so patronizing to me. It sounds okay to you. He's literally reading this with a legal document attached to it. But I have, I actually, no, I, in all honesty. Honestly, I haven't been. I, I don't watch the yeah, show anymore since she's been gone. So I don't know what's been. Uh-huh. Are they going crazy? Are yeah, they, they're a little nuts. Oh, like Whoopi had one yesterday where she's like, you know, a guest was saying, "Well, you know, scientifically, we know when the baby feels pain." And Whoopi goes, "That doesn't matter. It's oh, just wow. like up to." I'm like, "Yeah, you. This is so emotional. This is the thing I, I would tell people. Uh, if you're in a political debate and you feel yourself being emotional, like you don't have, you need to know it. You, the other people don't even need to know it. If you know you're operating from a place of emotion, you're probably saying stupid things. Yes, because emotion denies you self awareness, and this is emotional for them. It's what don't Jimmy says to uh, <laughs> Jenny whenever they get into an argument, and then she punches <laughs> you in the face. <laughs> you're being emotional, right? Now. Jenny. Remember that Whitney Houston song, I Get So Emotional? <laughs> but not in a good way, Jenny. Listen, mm-hmm. uh, obviously this is a hot-button issue. Uh, <laughs> and and two guys talking about this yeah. is, is just perfect. Oh, right? well, thank you. Because yes. that's how it's, that's how it's they, meant to be. Um, no, this is, a, this is something that I feel like, and this will never happen, but it's a conversation that needs to be had with empathy from both sides, whether you're Imagine pro-life, that. pro-choice. Exactly. Yeah. And it's never going to happen. Yeah. It's just a bunch of people on Twitter throwing feces at each other all day. <laughs> and so I, you know, in a perfect world, we'd actually be able to look at the other person's point of view and, and see them as a human being, whether mm-hmm. you're for or mm-hmm. against, yep. and have a real honest conversation, still and agree to disagree on mm-hmm. certain areas, but come to some understanding. However, we live in, yeah. <laughs> in society that we are, and that'll never happen. So I don't know why I just said that. I'll, I'm better off talking to a brick wall. In fact, the DNC has just released a statement. Get him out of here. <laughs> Get him out. In response to yours. They're like, yeah, this guy's banned. Well, that's one of my favorite things, though. You joke about how, like, two guys discussing this is now perceived as problematic. But Roe vs. Wade was decided by nine guys, nine judges. Yeah. And everybody's just like, men shouldn't have an opinion. I'm like, you didn't mind the last time they did. <laughs> Everybody is just at such a place of emotion that I think, like, this is the truth, okay? America has abortion laws. Uh, we are one of eight countries in the world. Two of them happen to be North Korea and China. Not the best human rights people on the no, planet. They've got a couple. couple. I don't think anybody in America problems. should just knowing that to be the case be happy with where we are. I think there's an easy compromise, which is European-style abortion laws, which would be nothing beyond 15 weeks. That's the deal in every European country. So people who need it would have that access, but people who do think anything beyond that is murder would be placated as well. Science tells us that it is kind of murder beyond 15 weeks, um, but that would be the happy medium version. But I think the deal is nowadays – it's like because it's like incentivized conflict. Yes, we can't compromise. Because Com- why would you compromise if you've been saying the other side's the devil for five years? You know right. what I mean on no, both sides. Exactly. So your call to reason is is what would solve the issue. But it's why the issue ain't getting solved. It ain't getting solved. We want to. The kids want to fight in the backseat. They're yeah. like, you know what, Dad? Turn this car around. We're still going to keep hitting the hell out of each other. Exactly. That's what we want to do. So we don't care. I'm talking to Charles McBee, the head writer for the God's Honest Truth on Comedy Central, and he's thrilled that I'm throwing his credits out there right now. <laughs> uh, 
I'm kidding. Can we talk about genocide next? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy, what else you got? What, you know, I'll tell you, you know, we're not too far from where September 11th happened. Jimmy, bring it up. Really quick before we go about police and comedy. Yeah. Just really quick in a minute, we're going to discuss this. In a post-9-11 world, this is unfathomable to people on the other side of the world yeah. or on the other side of the country. Every comic in New York City, big comics, Chris yeah. Rock, Chappelle, Patrice, everybody was doing 9-11 material because they had to. Because it was the only thing that was on people's minds. Right. And it was how we grieved tragedy. Instead of saying it's off limits, it's how a lot of people got through it. Right. So I guess what I'm trying to say is it, it is officially time, would you agree, to just defund the joke police at a bare minimum because that will take the edge off. How uh, – define uh, the – Defund the joke people police? On, people on Twitter or like – I think in comedy – these joke police Yeah, I think in about? comedy clubs – I think the idea of treating jokes as hate crimes Got it. needs to be acknowledged as a bad habit for society because I think at a time when we're already on edge, we're giving people additional edges to be on. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I will say – and I've, I've heard uh, – there are some clubs we're doing this. I may, I think I was in San Francisco or something like that. Mm-hmm. The mo- most of the clubs I play, and I don't get booked often enough to know, but uh, most of the clubs that I play, they're they're are on the side of the comics. Thank yeah. God. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, so you can still go up and do you know do whatever you want and do your thing. Mm-hmm. The problem comes where the out the quote yeah, unquote yeah, yeah. I'm using air quotes outrage get it somewhere else get it somewhere they, else outside of the club we have 10 seconds that's why I'm jumping sorry, in sorry sorry no, no no but they they come corporations come pull their money there away he goes. and try and get fired screw but. you corporations you love charles McBee. <laughs> you're hanging out with jimmy Fallon on fox across america It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's a big Friday. It's also Jen Psaki's final day in the White House. Psaki sucks. Kaylee was so much better. <laughs> Joining us now, the voice of that iconic Fox Across America drop. Uh, you know him as George from Queens. I know him as the greatest write-off in the history of doing my taxes. And the greatest Madden player. Oh, shut up. Lincoln Fallon's here, everybody. Hey, Lincoln Fallon. What's up? Uh, how are the school kids handling Jen Psaki's departure? Are you guys a little beat up? Do you care? Uh, well, no one really talks about it anymore, but... But then I have a couple of really Republican friends uh-huh. that are like going in like red, white, and blue suits today. <laughs> they're bringing spud guns. Like <laughs> you got the guy walking on the stilts dressed as Uncle Sam. Yeah. Sock, he's a goner. Uh, it's still crazy that I drank a beer with her in Washington D.C., isn't it? Yeah. It isn't weird. But deep down, you do know that Kaylee was so much better. Mm-hmm. Oh, God love you, Kaylee, if you're out there. Uh, the Link Man uh, is wrapping up a triumphant week for a multitude of reasons. First of all, we've never had a guest on the show twice in the history of the week. You opened on Monday because you were making a confirmation, but you're basically back today because not only is it a Friday tradition, but you had three hits last night. Yeah. Uh, you had three hits. Did you steal a base also? Yeah. Did you score a run? Yeah. Did you get the game ball? Yeah. Wow. Lincoln Fela, me. If you had Lincoln Fela on your fantasy baseball team last night, you made all kinds of money. Uh, it's really funny to me how your life and mine are so similar because the first time I got a game ball, it was after a Thursday night game at McLaren Field, which is where you played last night and got your first game ball, right? Yeah. So does this mean your life is going to mirror mine like you're going to date a bunch of strippers in your 20s now? <laughs> No. He said, no? You got you to gotta learn from your mistakes. <laughs> you leave mommy out of this. Lincoln, <laughs> Lincoln Fela is on the line. If you're just joining us, riding high after a big night on the ball field. Um, 
I told you on the way to the game. I just I, I want to know if any of this mattered. I texted you because I was off doing TV like the deadbeat dad that I am, and I didn't actually get to witness your game. Uh, but I texted you, hey, man, just uh, don't think. Just see the ball, hit the ball, like basic Bull Durham advice. Is that what you did? What was your approach? Uh, I just realized they're going to call it a strike if it's anywhere near me, so I might as well swing at it. That is true because you're so tall, so you got to be aggressive. you got to be Aaron Judge, man. Yeah. You got to get out there. You got to hold the bat. You got to you got to hit the damn thing. Um, I mean, you can't be any worse at baseball than you are at Madden. Mm. Lincoln Fela. He thinks he who is. Who has uh, five Super Bowls and who was three? Oh, Lincoln Fela. I don't need to take this. Get him out of here. Get him out. So explain this TikTok you sent to me yesterday, because I don't want to. I I I talk Madden with you for another five minutes. I'm going to have to knock you out. <laughs> <laughs> Lincoln, he's, he's got this thing going on right now where he's addicted to slap boxing me. Why is this a thing? It's just fun to do. And now I've, I, I have muscle memory of where you're going to hit after a certain amount of like seconds. Like uh-huh. I'll just throw up my arm as you're throwing a left hook. So you, are you saying you got my combinations down? Yeah. Like this is like the third Rocky? Yeah. <laughs> We've fought a few times now. So I have to switch my style and fight like lefty now instead of righty to throw you off? I don't know. Well, thanks for giving me the intel. What are you, Joe Biden? Hey, we're sending weapons on Tuesday. Do you stand by your claim, uh, this claim you made on the show a while back? Biden's lost his marbles. Yeah. You still think so? Yeah. What was the TikTok you sent me yesterday about the genders and Biden, and how shareable is that on terrestrial radio? I I don't remember exactly, but I know you and Mikey really liked it. Okay, which also means it's not shareable on terrestrial radio. Bingo. <laughs> if Uncle Mikey liked it, Uncle Mikey's the kind of guy that sends you videos, and his buddy Jared. Oh, yeah. Jared is the kind of guy, folks, that sends you a video to your phone like, hey, thought you might like this, and then you click on it, and you're like, what do I look like? That this guy thought I might like what this woman is doing with a donkey in a Tijuana circus. You're like, oh, goodness gracious. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. But Lincoln is obsessed with taking these types of videos and airdropping them onto people's phones. Why Meemaw's iPhone. (laughs) So Lincoln took his iPhone and he relabeled it Meemaw's iPhone. Or he'll put it like, uh, you know, Grandma's iPhone or anything. Christine's iPhone. He does Christine's iPhone. So when people are getting an airdrop on their phone, oh, Christine's sending me something. Even if they don't know Christine, it sounds innocent. Even if they, you know, Meemaw sounds innocent. And then they open up the video. <laughs> it's like a ninth circle of hell in terms of weirdness. How many times have we been at Walmart and just heard, oh, or something <laughs> like, ew. <laughs> the best one ever is we were on a plane. We were on a plane getting ready to take off. And me, Jenny, and Lincoln were all in different rows for whatever reason. Because that's the kind of baller I am when I fly. Yeah. Like one of us is in the overhead luggage bin. The other one's a stowaway. Sometimes we give Jenny a seat. And uh, all I don't even know Lincoln's doing this because he's sitting by himself. I'm by myself. Jenny's by herself. And all of a sudden we hear a girl go, Ew! Because <laughs> he drops something onto her phone, and then we start getting texts from Lincoln, from Jenny. She's like, Lincoln, you shut off your phone right now. I know that was you. Because <laughs> she recognized the video. Lincoln Fela, uh, pervert amongst all perverts. Just an out-and-out weirdo. Most of the things you have on my f- that you have sent me on my Yo, phone. If we're talking about perverts, 
Have you ever seen a picture of yourself without your facial hair? I do look like a strangler, don't I? Yeah. Well, you can thank the uh, fine folks at Fox News for wanting to clean up my image. I'm like, this doesn't clean it up. I think it looks worse, right? Yeah. Thank you. All right, I'm going to put you on the phone with HR after this, and then you can help me pack the U-Haul when I move out of my office. Right. It'll be great. Uh, last but not least, uh, why the cat butt thing? Lincoln got me a book of cat. It's a it's a cartoon coloring book of cat butts. Uh, it's it's outright hilarious. I should post this on social media. I don't know that I can. Why is this a thing? I don't know. I was on. I was watching YouTube and there's this prank. I didn't even see the book off of that YouTube video. It was just like abs- asking for absurd coloring books at Barnes and Noble, uh-huh. and I searched up. Like extremely stupid coloring books, and that came up. <laughs> well, I have a book in my house now. It's a and every page of the coloring book is a various pose of a cat where they're clearly making their butt the most prominent thing in the picture. Yeah. And we have a cat, so we know like that is a that is a thing. I mean, the cat's almost as bad as the mom. I mean, it's bad. Uh, happy Friday, Lincoln Fela. Three for three. Like we're proud of you. That was a big night last night. Uh, do you have a message for Jen Psaki as she leaves the White House? Kaylee was so much better. (laughs) Lincoln's closer. Get her out. Get her out of here. She is gone and probably forgotten, to be fair. Uh, But Lincoln, Fela, uh, you are. (laughs) MSNBC. Good luck at MSNBC. The show is over. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a Jimmy Fela. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Hey there, it's me, Kennedy. Make sure to check out my podcast, Kennedy Saves the World. It is five days a week, every week. Download and listen at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.